Hello and welcome to Moose Meets, where I sit down with various protocols to explore their innovations and what sets them apart. And of course, we'll be digging for some exclusive alpha for you, so make sure to lean in and stay tuned to ensure you don't miss a thing. Without further ado, let's jump right in. Hello and welcome back. Today I have Jason from Bumper Finance with me, where we're going to talk about everything Bumper Finance and of course their upcoming Arbitrum launch. Hey Jason, how are you doing? Hello, good. It's good to be here. I'm good to chat. Nice to have you on as well. So maybe you could start off a little bit about uh, introduction about yourself, like your previous background and why did you choose to join Bumper? Yeah, sure. Um, it depends on how many hours we've got really to go back <laughs> into the into the depths of my history. But um, I'm a marketing guy. Um, I have been in marketing for oh, my whole, whole career really after studying marketing and business at uni. Um, my more recent history is I used to run a digital marketing agency out of London. Uh, we focused on, uh, toward the end, predominantly customer experience. So we looked at how people um, interact with different organizations and help them sort of work their way through a journey, um, whether that's through triggered emails or sort of encouragement or different kinds of mechanisms to help them to help lead them through um i ran that for about 15 years um and exited that um a couple of years back four four years back i think um i took a bit of a break studied um studied wine down in france for a little while which was oh, wow. fascinating interesting. Um, absolutely fascinating wine the sort of the the science and the the art of, of wine i still find fascinating now but studied that for a little bit, bit down there did a qualification um i bought a mountain bike and discovered mountain biking which has mostly gone well um i had a, I had a bit of a crash last weekend uh, the last month sorry um okay. and broke my ribs and so i'm hobbling a little bit but a bit sore but i'm back <laughs> on um but following that, I had um, I started having some conversations with a um, with a friend um, who is the uh, Jonathan, who's the CEO of Bumper, about crypto. And I, my brother had been into crypto a bit um, when he was younger, and didn't really understand a lot about it. Um, and Jonathan kind of got me interested and excited in a way about the prospect of what crypto decentralized finance i think particularly um can can do we we'd started in the, in the previous agency we'd started working with some charity clients who were starting to use crypto to get money into different parts of africa um they're also running projects on blockchain technology where you could see what had been done in different development projects across the across the third world so i had an understanding of what it did um but following those conversations um i started working with jonathan on a, on, a, on another project which evolved into what bumper is and i think for me the the initial appeal of bumper was a it was a, it was a, almost like an on ramp in a way it was potentially an on ramp so one of the biggest issues with with crypto is the is the is the volatility um you are potentially quite vulnerable, not knowing too much about crypto. And the idea of Bumper, which we'll probably get into more, in a little bit more detail, was that it allowed people to onboard crypto um, with more peace of mind, I think in a way. Um, 
And I think that from a from a user um, perspective, understanding how people behave, it made sense. This this new product, this new way of thinking about something, it made a lot of sense. Um, and I think from there, um, I've got stuck into it and dug into it and understand crypto more. I'm still not not the most advanced on the team, but um, by any means, but understanding enough to a point to see the value and to see where it could potentially go in the future and understand that that I think crypto and particularly blockchain technology is here for the long term. Um, it's about how we can integrate it into our into our lives and how it might change the way we do finance in the future. And that's kind of that's my interest is is understanding how people can improve the way they do things. Um, even my own myself, I like to work out how I can improve things. How can I make things better? One percent gains and all that. And if you can improve your own finances by one percent, you're better than you were last year, sort of thing. So that was what that was the interest for me. Mm -hmm. Nice, really liked it. And like, why did you decide to join Bumper? Like from a non-crypto job and then suddenly you're deep into DeFi straight away? Yeah, it's very different, that's for sure. Um, I think it was it was that potential. I think the, the, the potential of what not only Bumper can do in the, in the crypto market once we get, once we get our product market fit, right, it's, um, it's this industry is, it's quite fascinating. I mean, it is, it is, it is trying to rebuild a financial structure that's been around for, um, for decades, if not centuries in certain way. And it's trying to say, well, we can do this differently. We can do something that's been a given for, for tens or hundreds of years and say, we can do this differently and we can do this in a more, maybe a more fair way, um, a uh, more unified way and make something that's almost borderless in a way it's decentralized it's all these different things that that sound interesting and i think trying to unpack be to the start of trying to unpack that for the mass audience is what makes what the attraction of bumper was and, and in particular the crypto world at the start um because as i said i didn't really have much much to do with crypto earlier i was mm -hmm. worked with a lot of charities retail um uh and then got into wine and mountain biking those sort of things so i have very different interests until until the world of crypto was sort of thrust upon me by jonathan um but uh yeah right got it so now that we understand a little bit more about you maybe you could explain a bit to us what is bumper yeah so i've i've i guess i've touched on it a little bit in terms of what bumper does it's at its at its simplest it's a price protection protocol, which um, you can unpack in any number of ways. Um, the mechanics allow you to set a price floor on an asset that you hold. And if the value of that asset drops below the price floor you set, you're protected. Um, sort of like a stop loss, but the difference is it keeps you in play. So if the value of that asset goes back up again, the value of you, you hold on to that asset and it rises. Um, but if it drops down again, you're limited by a, by a price floor. Um, sort of like an options desk in a way, you're taking a bet on, 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 a, future, on a future price. Um, uh, and it allows you, and I think this is, this is the challenge we're in at the moment of reimagining what bumper is and how it might work 
and this is a, a part of anything, any product's life cycle is to say, okay, we thought it was going to do this. It's actually looking like it's going to do this, or at least this is how we communicate it. So initially when we um, built the protocol, it was all, it was, it was very much a protective mechanism. So if you want to sleep well at night, mm -hmm. you'll bump your assets. If you want to go on holidays um, over Christmas break, and you don't have to be bothered about checking your charts, you can bump your crypto and it will be there and it will be maintained. You just may pay a, a small premium for that, but it'll stay there and you'll be fine. Um, we're having, so we launched um, on Ethereum mainnet um, a couple of months back as sort of the test case, I guess, of getting, getting the protocol live and out there. And amongst, amongst other things, we understood that there is as much opportunity to trade off the volatility or the directionality of market movements as there is as a protective mechanism. And I talked earlier about um, the entry point for crypto and people being concerned about um, the value of their crypto um, and wanting the peace of mind. I think that's definitely one aspect of where the crypto market might go. But I think it's it's almost that's a bit retail audience, and I don't think we're quite there yet. Who we're talking to at the moment are people that want to profit from volatility. They want to they want to make um, uh, they want to make more of understanding where the market's moving and profit from it. So we've had this bit of a shift in thinking with Bumper, which has just come about over the last couple of weeks, to say in in this we can work it in the same way like options do to be more of a trading tool. So um, not only can you get peace of mind by protecting the downside, you can also trade off the downside. If you see the market dropping, you can take out a position when ETH is, say, at $2,000, um, protected at $2,000, it drops to $1,800. Um, you, you can take out your price floor, uh, the value of your price floor at $2,000, and you've gained $200 in the market. You buy back in. Or you trade something different, but you've gained from the market movement heading downward. Um, what I didn't explain there was that in order to take out protection, um, you set a price floor um, and a term. And if the value of that asset drops below your price floor, at the end of your term, you take out stablecoin. Um, in the previous case, it was USDC. And as we move to Arbitrum um, next week, it'll be on USDT. Um, but you take out stablecoin. So you've, you've, you've retained the value of whatever that trade was in stablecoin. You can buy back into ETH um, and you've gained, uh, what is that? You've gained 10% depending on where the market's going. Um, so understanding that we've reconfigured the product a little bit. We're rebuilding some of the terminology. We've completely uh, rebuilt the interface to make it look and feel a little bit more like it's something you can trade using. Um, it sits much, much more in that trader market and allows people to trade off um, trade of market drops, essentially, or protect their their highs. And particularly where we're looking at the moment with, with Bitcoin heading up, at some point, um, it will start heading down again. We don't quite know when, but you can protect that with Bumper. So you can say, okay, I think, I think here's the top. You protect the top. Um, if it drops down, then you can again you can claim on that and go and 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 enter a position in again, almost like a trailing trailing stop loss sort of mechanism. Right. Understood. So it's 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 
complicated in some ways, but incredibly simple in terms of execution. Set a price floor, set a term, um, deposit, and just wait and see what happens. Right. So, so like in your example, where let's say at two thousand dollars for one Ethereum, right, and you think it's going to go down, and what people do is they can set a price floor at let's say two thousand, for example, right, and then if the price of Ethereum falls to let's say what a thousand eight, right, and and my term expires, so I actually get the value at two thousand dollars per Ethereum instead of the market rate, which is thousand eight. Is that correct? Spot on. Hold on. Yeah. Right. So one of the other, one of the elements, one of the other parts of the the changes that have come about as we're releasing on Arbitrum is, previously we had fixed terms and you'd set a, a it was initially 30, 60, 90, up to 150 day terms, mm -hmm. um, which meant you had to wait till the end of the term. At the end of the term, it depended where the price price floor was. Um, we implemented shorter terms so you go down to 7 14 21 30 day terms now and we also increase the price floors so you can go anywhere up to 99 percent price floor what we've also added as a feature going forward and and i think the killer app for th that makes this much even better as a trading tool is you can cancel your position at any time so if at some point you see the price in your example drops to 1800 and your floor was at 2000, you can cancel your position. You can buy back in with your $2,000 once ETH is now at, or $2,000 per ETH at 1800, and then you can reprotect again. And if it further moves further south, you can make it, you can make some profit from that south movement as well, from down, downward movement. Um, so there's a bunch of things that we've added to help make this much more of an effective trading tool that you can trade alongside whatever your strategy is um, in terms of percentage movement or timeframes or whatever that might be. Nice. And then, I mean, we had the example for the downside. Do you want to cover a bit on the upside as well? Yeah, so basically the upside is unlimited. Um because the way because you hold the asset so you deposit you, you deposit your ethereum um uh, or whatever asset it might be into the protocol that asset remains so as if the price of ethereum heads up it'll just keep heading up and you you retain the value of whatever the price is if it hits three thousand dollars you still own eth at the price of three thousand dollars and that's fine um you do pay a, a premium for holding it in bumper. So depending on the, that premium is based on volatility, um, uh, greater volatility, you pay, pay a slightly higher premium. Um, and that's calculated on a, on a, um, I think on a block basis, pretty much on a, on a day by day. Um, but the market heads up, you don't have to think about it. Um, and I, I guess it, until such point as you want to take it out, cause you don't want to pay for the premium or you might pull it out and set a price floor at 2800 if it's at $3,000, for example. Right, understood. I mean, since you mentioned about premiums, right, if my understanding is correct, right, previously there was uh, no estimation of the premiums to be paid. So I understand that the premium is kind of calculated dynamically, right? Like you mentioned, towards the end of the term, then you will get the, the actual amount that's supposed to pay. But let's say if I were to open a position where I get like, a rough estimated um, range at the start? 
Yeah, spot on. Um, and that's one of the things that we did bring in um, toward the end of uh, the protocol on ETH. What we've done since then is is massively increased the fidelity of that estimate. So looking at um, a lot of the modeling that we've done and understanding how that premium responds to volatility has allowed us to build a much better estimating engine. So when you enter position, it will give you an idea, an estimated premium that hopefully should be a lot more accurate or very accurate um, for the term that you're in and based on based on reasonable amount of volatility for that for that period. So you should have a pretty good understanding. You can also see in the DAP your accumulated premium. So it'll give you an idea of actually what premium has been charged up to that point. Um, and again, as I say, depending on how you trade, what your strategy might be, it might be once your premium hits a certain point, at that point you can cancel. You can drop out your, depending on your floor, depending on the premium that's paid, um, you can cancel that position and either come in again at a different price floor or wait till the market changes or moves in a different direction. But certainly from the outset, you'll have a much better idea of what that premium is going to be um, at the start. Right. Understood. I mean, and since we covered like from a protective user perspective, um, of course, there has to be the other side, right? So how does the, the so-called uh, lenders or the pro providers uh, work? Yeah, so we haven't even we haven't even um, entered the, the the whole other side of the of the risk market, and we refer to bumper as a as a risk market because you have makers and you have takers. You have people who are depositing a volatile asset, Ethereum, Bitcoin, whatever it might be, in order to balance out the stability and the, and the the balancing mechanisms of the protocol. We need another side. We need another side of the scale that is stable in stable coins. So for the um, privilege or whatever it might be of deposit in stable coins, which will be USDT going forward onto Arbitrum, those users get paid a premium. Um, that uh, Sorry, a yield. Um, that yield is derived from the premiums that the protectors pay. So as volatility increases, um, the, the the takers who are taking protection or hedging or whatever we want to call it um, will pay a premium that goes across to pay the the, the maker yields. Um, you deposit in the same way as you would on the on the on the taker side. Deposit USDC, set a price term. There's also um, risk tiers that you can choose depending on the amount of risk and the, and the higher yield, the higher the risk on that side of the market. Um, but you deposit in for a fixed term, you earn a yield, an estimated yield, and that'll be estimated up front um, and exit your position at the end of the term on the maker side. But they're quite competitive. They've been quite competitive as we've been modeling the yields on um, on the maker side of Bumper. Mm -hmm. So of course then, if I were to expect a bit more volatility in the market, then we would be the one providing this uh, liquidity, right? So like, um, let's say the Bitcoin ETF gets approved and then we, we saw that that candle, right? During the fake um, ETF news. Mm. And could we be expecting, like, how much more are we expecting that in the terms of volatility and the yield? 
Um, it, it's a good question. Um, in terms of specifics of how much ex, how much additional yield you might gain from that will depend on how the positions are taken on the other side, um, the price floors, um, the premiums that are paid by different people. So depending on, uh, there's a lot of variables that go into calculating that yield. Um, but at the moment, we're sort of anticipating anywhere from sort of 3 to 18% yields, um, depending on what's happening in the market, obviously, at any one point. Mm -hmm. All right, understood. Um, so, uh, of course, then you guys are going to launch um, on Arbitrum um, this week, right? And what made you guys kind of move from Ethereum and relaunch on Arbitrum? Yeah, good question. Um, so the almost from the outset we'd had an understanding that this was going to launch on ethereum first um that was launched uh, as i say a couple of months ago and gave us an opportunity to test the model in the real world we've done a lot of simulation testing um uh agent based modeling all sorts to get an understanding of how the how the protocol behaved um what we saw when we launched on ethereum was the um and and alongside looking at these trader audiences was the fees the transaction fees to trade gas costs on ethereum were just huge although as as things get more exciting gas costs go up it just becomes more difficult, A, for users to effectively use Bumper how we want them to use it, and also from our side to be able to manage the way the protocol works because the gas costs alone of, of managing the transactions internally with the rebalancing mechanism, all these sort of things just don't um, become quite expensive. So we quite quickly realised that gas fees on Ethereum were going to cause problems for the type of audience that we expected to, to, to start to use this. So we started looking around at what are the potential chains. We had a bunch of conversations in community, um, so almost community votes, um, looked at and spoke to a number of these chains to understand where do we think this would best fit. Um, the result was Arbitrum for a number of different reasons. One of those was was user alignment. We thought there was quite a strong alignment with the types of users that are on Arbitrum at the moment and the other kinds of protocols that are also building on Arbitrum. We thought there's a really nice fit, not only initially for launch, but looking forward to say there's a heck of a lot of partnerships that we could integrate with um, other protocols who are building something that Bumper could use. I mean, that we have a there's potentially a broader use case than just a B2C um, trader interface for the way Bumper works. And we thought Arbitrum is a fascinating ecosystem. Um, the projects that are being built on it are, are very interesting. Um, it's EVM compatible, which helped meant that we didn't have years and years of more development in order to build, build a different model. We could um, transport that over a little bit easier. Um, and that's that's been happening. And yeah, and as you say, uh launching end of the week um on arbitrum and just hoping that we have a good understanding of of, of the people that exist on that on that um on the chain right and but when you mention 
working with other protocols, right, the first thing that came to my mind was actually Pando, right? Are you familiar with Pando? Yes, yes. So like they've been providing some uh, options, right, for like additional yield for you trading on you bearing um, tokens, right? So do you see yourself like integrating with protocols like Pando? I understand Bumper isn't really uh because how should I put this? Because um like the tokens that they trade are you you bearing assets, right? So for example your rep STE or like GLP or Max LP. So do you guys see yourself uh integrating with them? Yeah, I think um we've had a bunch of conversations around this. So one of the when we launch on Arbitrum, um there'll be two markets. One of those is wrapped Bitcoin and USDT. And the other one is wrapped um, ST, ETH and USDT. Um, obviously supporting um, WST ETH means we're supporting the same asset that is that people are staking and, and, and or, uh, earning a yield from in Pendle. Now, one of the, one of the guys in a bumper the other day was looking at the yield opportunities from uh, from using Pendle with your WST ETH mm-hmm. versus if you were to take out a sort of continuous positions using that same asset on Bumper. Now, I think we were talking about 3% per annum or something on Pendle with the same asset. We looked at the opportunity to um, hedge on bumper with the same asset. If you, if the market drops a couple of percent, you can cancel your position and go back in again. And over over a matter of whatever period that is, presumably shorter than twelve months, you've gained your two or three percent yield that you would have earned from Pendle. So there's a really interesting um i guess competitive advantage in some ways that we've potentially got on pendo we need to drill into that a little bit more but the opportunity for an active trader to earn from market movement downward market movement with bumper we're hoping is a lot higher than it would be with pendo mm-hmm. got it um and then i mean as a follow-up question back to the launching on arbitrum and mainnet thing um like why did you guys choose to close off your mainnet and like just purely go on Arbitrum? Why not um, have both chains on at the same time? Yeah, sure. It's expensive um, um, in many ways. Um, it's expensive with maintaining the protocol the way it works on Ethereum. Um, we are keen to get um also focused usage and we thought it made most sense to focus on one chain rather than keep two running because all of these pools require all the all the markets i should say require um two pools the stable coin and the and the volatile coin asset so at the moment the way the, the, the way it would work is we'd be spreading a lot of stable coin across a whole load of different markets which also isn't as effective as we possibly could be so the decision, albeit a tough one, to close down the Ethereum mainnet may, meant that we could focus a lot more resource on the, the Arbitrum and the two, the initially the two pools on Arbitrum. 
um, and hope that once we get some traction there, we can expand those markets out. We may end up on a, back on Ethereum, depending on how the protocol works in the future, but we're very aware of the costs of, of running a protocol on, um, on layer one. Right, understood. And does this mean that you guys are open to potentially launching on other L2s or other chains as well? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, and um, we'd had in mind for right from the outset in the part of the roadmap was to look at other layer twos and the way the protocols has been built has been built in a way that should mean um, certainly other EVM compatible chains are easy, but there are opportunities to put it onto other onto um, other layer twos um, in the future. So that's something we certainly look at in order to be able to protect more assets. Right, understood. And then you mentioned one point earlier, right, about having the two pools. So, of course, that is is limited at the beginning. Um, what what about expanding into more pools? Like, how's the timeline, or what what are the plans for that end? Yeah, sure. So we, when we announced that we were launching on Arbitrum, we were planning on launching four pools. So uh, Wrap Bitcoin, uh, WST, ETH, um, ETH, and Link. I think was the other one that we had in the mix. What we decided again, due to the, um, uh, the, the sort of the, I guess, the need in the early days to keep our our stablecoin pools concentrated was to launch with those two assets with the expectation that as we start to build some traction and some liquidity and some stability in the protocol on Arbitrum, we can launch um, more tokens relatively quickly afterwards. So we don't have a, a defined date for those, but they're certainly in the mix um, in terms of uh, ETH and uh, Link as the next, the next couple. Right, got it, got it. So moving back to the protocol on the risk right of course in the using it as a protection policy and opening your your earning position as a providing you right as a maker what are the risks for the users of bumper um so on the yield on the yield side um the the way the i mean it's a risk market we all know from from the outset, we know that we know that crypto is risky. It's highly volatile, um, and anyone who's investing needs to understand, that, as they say, DYOR, understand what they're getting into. Um, when you deposit um, your stablecoin to earn on Bumper, there are a number of risk tiers that you choose on entry. The way the risk tiers work is you'll get a higher yield for the higher risk. The way the impact, I should say, of, of, of being in a higher risk tier is there is a chance that if the, if the um, protocol needs to rebalance, you might get either some of your yield clipped or it might eat into some of your deposit to a degree. Um, when modeled, um, when we've looked at the modeling for this agent-based modeling and the simulation results, it was incredibly rare and the market needed to have been um, behaving particularly badly for an extended period of time, um, is my understanding, in order for that to be the case. 
So in in something like 99.9% of cases, it wasn't it, it it didn't happen. But we need to make people aware that there is this is a risky market, um, and things like that can happen. But if you choose the highest risk, there is a there is a small chance um, that your profit certainly or your yield will be eaten into. So like in those scenarios, like where is it a bit like the GMX model where if the traders win, then the new providers, liquidity providers uh, lose or and the other way around as well? Um, we talk about this in terms of a um, particularly bumper and as, as a non-zero sum. I think most of the time, most protocols are uh, or most uh, sort of trades are a zero sum game. Um, we've tried to build this in the fair in, in the most fair way possible so it's not it's a non-zero sum game with bumper so there should be in most instances most people will gain from the value of bumper right got it so then of course you guys ha have had a few months of being on and off right uh, having a live protocol and then now revamping like what are the biggest challenges for bumper right now yeah you're right there's, there's there's been um, there's been a lot of challenges all the way through this development um, in terms of building something that hasn't been done before and something that it needs to be communicated in a in a different way. So there's certainly been a lot of challenges from a technical perspective. Um, also, in terms of communicating how Bumper works, what it does, it's been challenge. It's been difficult because it doesn't behave. From the outset, like anything else that out there that exists, I think people tend to come at this from an understanding of what else is there in the market that does something similar, and let's box bumper into that. So, certainly, the challenge um, from a communication perspective has been helping people to understand how how bumper works and the simplicity of how it works, um, and and maintaining. Um, maintaining an understanding, I think, of the future and the possibilities of where this protocol might work. Um, you you mentioned about how we started on Ethereum, we launched on Ethereum, um, and then we've we've closed that down to move on to Arbitrum. One of the other challenges is just the momentum. Um, I think the having done that, you you do lose a bit of momentum. You lose a bit of focus around, or certainly from community around what you're doing, and you lose you you lose you do lose some eyeballs in the process. So I think certainly a challenge to keep our community up to date and growing. I think we've got certainly got a a great small um, core of people who get us and and all in the same ways challenge us with questions and things we discuss a lot of things internally obviously um and we might announce something and not necessarily announce the backstory so they'll they keep us keep us honest um which is really good so they'll dig in and say well why did you make this decision what was the point of it why didn't you do this mm -hmm. um making sure we communicate those and we're certainly trying to be as transparent as we can in the community to say this is the decision we've made and this is why we've made it um so they, I think they're probably the key um, challenges, certainly from a marketing perspective. I think on a, from a technical angle, um, as I referred to, it's, it's been tough to build. It has been really tough to build um, this protocol to get it working right. And kudos to the 
to the um the, to the tech team and some a lot of partners that we've worked this, with that have got it to this point understanding how it works and that it actually does work um i think going forward the biggest tech challenge is going to be um developing and moving it forward what are the new advancements we can bring in how can we make this an even better protocol how can we integrate it with other platforms um we've got a lot of ideas uh but making sure we can execute those on those as we go forward and make this a it's a protocol that can be integrated in anything from your wallet through to an exchange. And um, I mean, the, the use cases in many ways are, are almost endless, but that's the sort of the, the ongoing challenge once we get it live. Nice. Right. Actually, I have one question about your, your token, right? So I understand that the actually bumper, the bump token, it's required, right, to open positions to protect the my assets as well right yep yeah so the bump token is um we launched uh well, nearly two years ago now i think and it certainly wasn't the intention for there to be there that long a gap between launch and um token launch and protocol launch but the the token has um a critical role in the way uh, the critical utility, I guess, in the way Bumper works, the protocol works. Um, users who take out a position are required to bond an amount of Bump, which they get back when they exit their position. We also incentivize usage um, by providing Bump tokens, which again is based on the, the parameters of your position. So the utility within the protocol, although it's quite quite basic at this point, um, will hopefully drive some value to the token. Um, that will change. We have some ideas about uh, loyalty programs and the way you interact with the protocol and the, the utility of the bump token going forward. So there's certainly some big plans in terms of the utility of the token um, in order to hold that token to be able to interact even better with, 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 um, with Bumper. Um, one of the things we have done for when we launch an Arbitrum is we've temporarily removed the requirement to bond bump tokens. We're aware that there's not a lot of bump tokens currently on the Arbitrum network. Um, so in order to remove any sort of barriers to entry, we've, we've, um, we've removed that requirement for now, but that will come back in again um, in time. Right. So, so on that end, will you guys be doing like a one-to-one -one conversion uh, for the existing bump holders on Minet? Uh, so we're not fully migrating the, the token across. The token still exists on Ethereum, um, but we're encouraging users if they want to trade them on Arbitrum, they can bridge them across. So we still have a uh, fixed supply of 250 million bump tokens, and that will remain as it is. I see, I see. All right. And like one question, like why, why did you guys decide to launch a token before the protocol was live, and especially like a, such a long gap in between? Yeah, and that was sort of what I was mentioning there. Around we didn't expect there to be as long a gap. Um, the the requirement to own the token in order to take it out of position drove. In, in some ways, the decision to, to launch the token first, because we wanted to get the token onto the market, get it into the hands of potential users so they can 
access it and then access bumper when it goes live i think the the extended period between launching the token and launching the protocol certainly wasn't ideal but it was just a matter of we had to work as hard as we can could to get a protocol that was reliable safe um did what it needed to do and had had gone through uh, enough security audits um that we felt it was safe before launching and that took longer than we expected originally right i see and i think one question that many people would be really interested in right is if you guys are going to turn on like revenue sharing for holding the bump token um we haven't discussed that i don't i don't believe so at this point mm-hmm. um i'm not sure of the specifics um but it's certainly not something that hasn't been discussed at this point that i'm aware of right understood all right then what are the next steps for bumper then after the arbitrum launch yeah good question so launch is obviously um on the as i say on the 15th of december um have had all of our brains on making sure we have all of that ready and raring to go um once we get past launch on arbitrum we'll have the two two markets i think for for us it's very much about understanding um in the immediate um in this sort of the immediate term does it does the protocol does the interface make sense are people using it are they understanding it are they able to interact with it in the way they expect to be able to interact so very short term we need to make sure it's doing the right thing and certainly from my perspective coming from a customer experience angle are people getting out of it what they need to get out of it are they able to to do the right things connect properly understand get support all those sorts of things they become a priority as soon as we launch moving on from there um we are keen to have first of all more assets protected and and those more assets of I've, I've mentioned um would be dependent on the, the initial take up of the markets we've got but also partnerships i think a lot of the ecosystem that exists on arbitrum is about how we interact and how we play with other with other um protocols in the ecosystem so once we're live there's going to be a lot of conversations that we will pick up sort of a lot of conversations have started with other protocols um and other products in this space we'll be picking up a lot of those conversations now that we're live and say hey it's we're live what can we do together how can we integrate bumper into your platform or how can we use this differently um in this sort of wider market and also take on board um ideas from community um we do have a dao that sits behind bumper um uh and certainly in terms of product improvements and and all those sort of things will be gradually shifting into into running that for via the forum to understand what to do um but after that i think it becomes um additional chains additional assets um features and improvements um optimizing the way the protocol works so optimizing the behavior of the protocol in the market to make sure we've got the balance of premiums and yields right um because that also takes a challenge to make sure we're giving a re- a good yield an attractive yield but not charging too much premium for that at the same time so understanding the dynamics of those two sides will be important as well um but otherwise it's 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 very much see where the market goes see what opportunities come up 
um, and make sure we're improving the product as we go along. Right, understood. And of course, then, what is like the long-term goal for Bumper? Like you mentioned, after the Arbitrum, you're going to have partnerships, you're going to have a lot more integrations as well. But what is the long-term vision for Bumper? I think, um, and we, we we do have a lot of conversations around these, um, certainly prior to prior to, uh, to Ethereum launch around where do we go? Where do we go next with with Bumper? What does it look like in the future? I think it would be um, it would be nice to be able to get back to the point where the the protocol is efficient and stable enough that we can revert back to those uh, almost retail users, uh, mum and dad crypto investors who want to enter the crypto market but are concerned about volatility. So I think there's there's definitely a product there which has very broad mass use and appeal to a very large part of the of the world finance um uh the world of finance to say we you you have a very simple product that will allow you to, to be able to sleep well at night um it might look different it might sound different it might have a different name but the ability to create something that that, that allows greater onboarding of crypto to people who are concerned i think would be uh, an amazing end goal whether we can get there or not time will tell um, but to be integrated uh, into the financial system in that way would be brilliant to the point where any anyone's any marketer's dream is to to have your product um, verbified I guess and the idea of bumpering your crypto we're hoping will become synonymous with not being not getting wrecked um, being able mm -hmm. to sleep easy at night but also in the same way, being able to trade off directionality. I can bump my crypto um, and earn a 10% yield or potentially whatever that might be. So to bump your crypto, we're hoping that will become as synonymous with this as as hoovering is to vacuuming your floor and all these sorts of words that are that are, that have become verbs. So that's from a from a marketing perspective, I should say that's an ultimate goal. Mm, nice. Right. So like I mean for for more advanced users right they can be doing trading with this but i mean for the folks who are just looking to protect that it's kind of a bit like the simple idea of buying insurance for for your crypto spot on yeah absolutely um All right you won't lose the value value will yeah. be maintained at your price floor and you can hopefully just watch it go up exactly All right i think we've covered quite a bit today right before we go off is there any specific topics that you want to touch on that we might not have covered yet i think the only th the only other thing for me is just to say launching um launching an arbitrum um for a for a period at the start we have uh, a zero uh, zero dollar trade is so no trading fee there's no requirement to bond your bum tokens and we are incentivizing um, usage with a premium rebate. So the first 100 users that come in, we will be giving them a rebate on their premium up to $25. So we'll pay basically pay for the first $25 of their premiums. That will be the, for the first week's epoch um, and 100 users. And we will probably repeat that again in the second week, certainly. 
um, in order to encourage people to just give it a go. I think one of the biggest challenges with releasing a product onto the market um, is particularly a volatility-driven product is if there's no volatility, there's no incentive to use it. So what we're keen to do is get people with effectively free protection to try our bumper, give it a go, see how it works, stick it in their tool belt, and when they see an opportunity to either get some peace of mind or profit from volatility, they can roll out bumper at that point, connect their wallet, um, make a deposit and move forward. So I guess that's the that's the, the the driver, the driving message for for launch when it happens. Right, nice. And I'm looking forward to your launch in a few days time. Yeah, same. I'm saying I'm sure there'll be lots of late nights be- between now and then, making sure everything's <laughs> working. We're already we're already sort of burning burning both hands a little bit to make sure everything's polished and looking good. So that's quite exciting. Nice. I mean, I wish you guys all the best, right? And thank you, Jason, for taking the time to come on to share with us more about Bumper. Cheers. Good to chat. All right. And thank you for the listeners tuning into this episode as well. We will see you in the next episode. And that brings us to the end of this episode of Moose Meets. I hope you enjoyed learning more about them as much as I did. Let me know which other projects you would like to learn more about in the comments down below. As usual, do remember to hit the thumbs up and subscribe to the pod. We will see you in the next episode.